This is the Sales Gravy Podcast. Hi, I'm Jeb Blunt, best-selling author of Fanatical Prospecting Objections, Sales EQ, and Inked, and I'm here to help you open more doors, close bigger deals, and rock your commission check. Welcome to another episode of the Sales Gravy Podcast. Sitting in for Jeb today, my name is Jessica Stokes. I am one of the master trainers and coaches here at Sales Gravy, and I am incredibly excited today because joining me is my my co-host and co-worker, the executive vice president here at Sales Gravy, Mr. Keith Lubner. Keith, it's great to have you here today. (laughs) <laughs> this is great, Jess. Kind of a unique podcast that we're doing today with just the two of us doing this. Normally we have other people, but boy, we have such a, a depth of talent on our team. We thought, hey, let's do this together a lot. So uh, yeah, this is going to be fun. Good to be here. I know. I'm so excited as well. And I always find that even just in our quick phone conversations or our meetings with each other here at Sales Gravy, there's so much value in just brainstorming and dialoguing with each other. And today we're going to talk about a topic that really piqued my interest, Keith. I know it's something that you like to to talk about a lot, and that is the, the positive effects of discomfort. Because I think a lot of people, when we think of sales and selling and prospecting, there's a lot of discomfort there as well. <laughs> it's interesting you say this. There, there is a lot of power in discomfort. And you know me, Jess. I, mean, I love the psychology behind sales, and I love the nuances behind that. Some of my favorite authors are authors like Robert Cialdini, who wrote the book Influence and Persuasion, um, Adam Grant, uh, who uh, is very much along the lines of, uh, uh, of Cialdini, and his podcasts are fantastic. So uh, when we really dive into like psycholo- psychology behind all of this, there is there's a lot of little nuances and a lot of things that we can learn as sales professionals that can give us that little bit of an edge. And often at times, that's all it is in sales. It's that little bit of an edge that you have over the competition that allows you to win. So uh, discomfort is one of those things that people they have a mis um, a, a, a misperception of 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 that a little bit. So yeah, it's it's an interesting topic. And you mentioned here that people have a misperception of discomfort because I know for me in some situations where I know it's going to be uncomfortable, uh, that that discomfort can kind of trigger some fear or some avoidance, I think, for us. So so where does this positivity come from with discomfort? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because you're absolutely right. I mean, think about think about it as a sales professional to pick up the phone. It's um for most people, for the majority of people, me included, it's uncomfortable to do that. And you feel uncomfortable, but that what happens though is that also can act as a trigger to actually doing that. Now, sometimes it acts as a barrier. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes people procrastinate; they they get paralyzed, you know, and it doesn't help them at at, at all. But but we can look at this as a way of turning it into into a positive. Now, let me give you an example of a. It was it was kind of interesting because because I've I've. Uh, you know, I work out, you work out, a lot of people work out. And a friend of mine was, was, was saying that, you know, when he wanted to lose weight, he would, now this is interesting. He was overweight and he really wanted to lose like, like 40 pounds. I mean, something like major like that. He said he would take his, as much as, as funny as this sounds, but it worked. He would, he would take his shirt off, look himself in the mirror and he would get really angry. Talk about yeah. probably discomfort, right? <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, exactly. And I said, wow, that's kind of interesting. He said, well, what did that do to you? He said, it motivated me because 
I, I saw what, what I didn't want to be and it motivated me to do something to change and make my life better. So in that way, discomfort is, is a motivating factor here. But when we really, when we, when we start thinking about prospects, we start thinking about the engagement we have with, with, with prospects. Uh, it, let me just use an example here. And we've all been in this, in this scenario. You're in a call with, with, with a prospect it's going well, and all of a sudden there's, and you're asking questions, but all of a sudden there's that awkward silence, and it gets quiet, and it gets really quiet. Now, what do we tend to do as sales professionals? What do we tend to do, Jess? We want to jump in and fill that quiet. We want to fill the quiet, right, because it's uncomfortable. So we feel a twinge within ourselves. We feel uh it's absolutely necessary for us to fill that that void. We our heart races a little bit faster, and what's happening is our amygdala is kicking in, right? And our heart races a little bit faster. We're we're kind of wondering what's going on, and then we just blurt out things. And if we keep doing that, we 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 talk over the prospect, and we never really get what we need from them, and we never really trigger their self disclosure loop for them to talk. Now, now, what uh, what you know what. I've been teaching a lot of people and I've been reading about, about and this is the power of discomfort. It's, it's what uh, I wrote an article a while ago about this. It's, it's, it's the heart of this article is when you have that moment of, of silence, what, you're, what you have to be able to do is, now easier said than none, and I'll give you a little trick that I, that, that I tell people to do. You have to you'll be very, very, very intentional about letting the silence marinate a little bit. And because... Think about it. If you as a sales professional are feeling these, these anxieties about filling the void, they're also feeling the anxieties about filling the void. Now, it, what, what happens there, it's a, it's a race to who's going to talk, and it's not a good race. You don't want to win that race. You want to you lose that race. You want to sit back and listen more, especially in sales. You want them talking more. So what you have to do is ask that question and then be really intentional about letting the silence kind of sit in there a little bit and making the person on the other end. And it's okay in this case here to make the prospect feel a little bit uncomfortable so that they answer the question. What happens though, is we speed right to answering the question for them and we never even give them the chance to, to answer it, which is the problem. Now, what, what, what I tell people now, when you think about the virtual world, and we've been in this for a couple of years now, big time, it gets even more difficult because there are lags in technology. There are lags in, you know, the, the, you know, the transmission here. So when you ask a question, yep, there's a little pause before they even hear you. Now, if we ask the question, we don't realize that and we start answering it. They're just getting the question and we're answering the question right on top of that forum. So in, in a, in a world like we're in now, what I, what I tell people to do, and this is a little, a little trick is in every meeting, uh, we have either a cup of coffee or a, in this case, a bottle of water, right? So what I tell people to do is this, and this is how you can leverage the power of discomfort, is ask a question and then take a sip of your water or take a sip of your tea or your coffee or whatever it is. And think about this. You can't talk when you're drinking something. Or at least you shouldn't. It wouldn't look too good, especially well, on a should. Zoom meeting. Right? You should. Right. <laughs> so, so when you do that, you're automatically creating a lag and you're creating a little bit longer lag. And when you put it down, then you're waiting a little bit longer. Now, they're seeing you drink the water. They're hearing 
the question and you put it down and then you get a little bit more quiet, it will prompt them most of the time to talk. Now, there's a caveat to all of this. You don't go a minute just staring them down and waiting for them to talk. Now, that gets really uncomfortable, and that's actually crossing the line, if you will. What I do when, when they don't answer in, in, in a reasonable amount of time, that silence, I'm going to have to fill the silence, but I'm not answering the question. What I'm doing there is I'm reframing the question again. And I'll say something like, well, perhaps it wasn't as, as, as clear. Here's what I meant. And I'll reframe the question. I'll take a sip of water again. And most of the time, they'll kick in and they'll talk at that point because you're letting them know you're expecting an answer. You're letting them know that you're expecting them to talk. So that discomfort works in a really, really positive way in order to prompt and get the conversation rolling along. I, I love this strategy, Keith, and I think we probably have a lot of people listening right now who are running to the kitchen and refilling those water bottles, getting ready <laughs> yeah. for their next sales meeting. Um, what a great best practice. Um, so what happens when they don't maybe engage that second time? Do you have a best? What if I did reframe the question and they they still kind of sat there? Is there any strategy besides just reframing the question or at what point do we do something a little different? Again, this is the art of having the conversation too. At, at that point, there you're not going to, you know, ask the question and reframe it yet again, and then wait again for silence because then it gets really, it gets like, it gets to be like a funny game almost, right? And it gets silly at that point. What I may do is, I, is I may say, you know what? That's I'm going to table that 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 for now. I was I was kind of going down this path, and I was really interested in something like this. Uh, help me understand something else. And I'll, I'll try to invoke some reciprocity there. Help me understand is a phrase that uh, will, you know, invoke them to, to want to reciprocate in kind and answer your question. Uh, it's, it's when you ask for help from somebody, they typically want to help you. And there's other phrases that as well that work, but I'll kind of bring that into play. Help me understand this a, a little bit more. I'm really curious and I'll use some probing questions. I'm really curious. I need your advice. I'll be using phrases like that in order to prompt them a little bit more to, to talk. But in every case that I'm asking a question, I'm letting the silence marinate longer in every single case. I mean, sometimes it's kind of funny. Sometimes I'll drink like a whole bottle of this during, during the call because I'll ask the question and I'll go right there and, I, and, and I'll drink it. When you do that the first time, you've prompted them to talk, they will keep talking. And then it becomes a conversation. Then you're then all you're doing at that point is you're just you're probing. Tell me more about that. I'm curious about this. What's that about? And then it becomes a really, really, you know, they get off the phone and, and or get off the virtual call. And they're like, that was the best call in the world because they did all the talking. You did all the listening. And, and that's kind of what you're gearing up for here with discomfort. You want at the end of that call, you want to do less than 50 percent of the talking. And you want them to do more than 50% of the talking. This is just a, a trigger or a way or a technique that will help you do something like that. And, you know, for our listeners here, it's okay for them to feel a little bit uncomfortable. Not awkward uncomfortable, like, like we were talking about, like two minutes in and nobody's saying a word. That's, that's weird, right? But, but it's okay for them to feel just a little bit that way. Because guess what happens when you feel that way? Your focus becomes really laser focused. They, you start paying attention more. You know, they, they start looking a little bit more. They're not 
they're not checking out. They're 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 they're, they're engaged in the conversation. Isn't that what you want? And Keith, everything you're mentioning here is so relevant and so powerful for salespeople. But one thing I think that's jumping out to me is um, as the sales professional going into that conversation, you have to be prepared with some fantastic questions because otherwise it's going to be uber discomfortable, uh, uncomfortable. But also in order to not only have the first question prepared to try to get the engagement, if I don't get that, I have to have that secondary question ready and and on standby to go or else then that discomfort is falling back to me because I don't know where to go next, right? Yeah, but you know, I tell people a couple things here. Uh, I always have, and I have it right here. I have a little a pad of paper right next to whenever I'm talking, whenever I'm in meetings, I always have a pad of paper. And what I have written down when I'm doing a discovery meeting is I have the questions written down. And I'll tell people right up front. And now this is interesting because it works really well. What you're doing is you're pre-framing in their mind what the conversation is going to be like. So I'll tell people, I have my questions written down here because I'm going to pay more attention to what you're telling me than what I'm going to be asking you. And then what's happening there is you've pre-framed the expectation that they're going to do more talking. You've already set the stage in their in their brain that so when you ask that question, they're already expecting to answer it even more so. Now, if there's that silence, you need to go back to the to the table drawing table drawing board. You need to find a, find a question. You just look down because you've already told them it's written down. So it focuses you uh, more on listening. It allows you to really be active when it comes to that. It allows you to do deep listening without having to worry about that next great question. And that's a problem in sales, by the way, is that salespeople get into these conversations and they're, they're, they're wanting to sound smart and they're wanting to sound smooth or look smooth or be, you know, be, be, be so professional. And they're want, they're, and what's happening is during the conversation, they're thinking about the next great question they want to ask, and they're not listening about the great responses that they're getting, actually. And then they blow through it, and the person on the other end goes, they really weren't listening to me. They, they just asked me that other question. It was, it was like rapid fire. It was like an interrogation, not a conversation. Now, here's something interesting, though. When you really do, drill down into... Uh, conversations, and really drill, drill down into discomfort and silence in particular. It takes about, this is interesting, it takes about four seconds, four seconds for the silence to start to evoke emotions in people. Now that's the amygdala kicking in, right? That's the amygdala going, oh, what, what, it's quiet. Four seconds. So you, you don't have to pause your question really. You don't have to pause that long, actually. But four seconds, science has proven that it starts to evoke those emotions. And when we really look at sales, Sales is emotional. People buy an emotion, they justify a logic. So when you can trigger emotions to happen, and this way, in a good way, you're getting a leg up on people. You're getting a leg up on the competition. You're not just going right at it with, with logic. You're, tr you're, you're, you're triggering some of the emotions that the person may be feeling or going through. Um, during that conversation. Keith, I want to go back some, to something you said earlier um, in our conversation, which was that in some cases, salespeople are, are getting paralyzed with the discomfort, that, that there's that paralyzation that can happen. So if there's a sales professional listening right now that thinks, you know, I'd love to get to that discovery meeting, Keith, or I'd love to be able to use this strategy, but I'm suffering from a little bit of that paralysis. I'm paralyzed. The discomfort is really a roadblock for me, um, being able to make more calls or attend more meetings. Would you have any advice for somebody who might be feeling that way? 
getting paralyzed actually happens a couple of different ways. Number one, there's there, you, you get paralyzed in the upfront. You don't even make the phone call, which is, I think, kind of the direction you're, you're moving in. And then when you're actually in the conversation itself, you get paralyzed about asking another question or whatever. Now, now the one thing that helps out a lot with all of this, and and uh, and, and I've just seen it to, to to be true, is preparation. When when you and I, and and I don't mean like hours and hours of preparation here. I sometimes it's 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 two minutes of preparation, but when you prepare before, let's 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 take the front end of this with prospecting, right? When you sit there and you prepare your list and you prepare your messages and you prepare all of that, then you get into your prospecting block, which is what you need to do: block a time to do this, block a time to do that. You feel better. You naturally feel better because you've prepared. And now what you're feeling there is you're feeling confidence. So it makes it easier to pick up the phone and make the call because you have a list, you have messages, you know what you're going to say, you know how to overcome the objections because you're prepared for all of that. So preparation will will boost you up a little bit. It'll it'll it won't completely remove the paralysis, but it will start to erode the paralysis away. Where paralysis comes into play is when there's uncertainty. I mean, you feel uncertain, like what what's going to happen here? I don't quite know what to say. And then you start going in your head, let me let me rehearse this, let me rehearse this. And that's when you, you just don't do anything. You procrastinate and, and you get paralyzed and nothing happens. Now, when you're in the actual meeting, like say you've gotten over that hump of paralysis and you're in, in the actual meeting, you may get you know paralyzed by, you know, what is that, you know, what is that question I want to ask? That's where that's where writing it down comes into play. Because when it's sitting right there, it's it's a crutch. You and you've told them about it too. So you can just easily go and they're not going to, I do this in person all the time. I just look down. I have the question written there. They know I've, I've written, in fact, they appreciate it even more so because I've prepared even more for the meeting. That alone will get you over that paralysis uh, in many, 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 many cases. So what I'm hearing is preparation, preparation, right? That is the key. We have to have all these questions ready. We have to have the backup questions going. We have to have our water ready. We have to have all of these things really well prepared going into these uh, the sales calls to help minimize the discomfort. Um, Keith, you mentioned something else, which was just that, you know, it's okay to have discomfort um, setting inside of our customer or our prospect. Um, I, do you, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. So, um, you know, we ask the, the prospect this question, it kind of makes them feel a little uncomfortable. Um, it's not going to scare them off, you don't think? Like, oh, my goodness, Jessica asked this question that, that made me feel uncomfortable. Um, could you just build on that from the prospect or the customer standpoint? A sure. More? Yeah. From a couple different perspectives, Jess, this is really, it, it's kind of interesting. So um, again, remember, there's a line and there's an art to this. So the, the line is you don't want to get so, so uncomfortable with it that they really start to back off and they really start to, uh, you're, you're triggering their fight or flight at that point, you know, when, when they get that way. But think about it. These prospects, they have conversations all the time. And what their brains are doing when they have these conversations all the time is their brains create patterns around these conversations, quite quite frankly. And if every conversation goes and looks the same, they create a pattern and they don't really listen in the conversation because the pattern has kicked in. They're, it's almost like they just go through the motions like, oh, here we go again. I'm going to have the conversation, blah, 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 blah. Here, here's that salesperson again. Now, your mission as a salesperson, a couple of different ways, you need to break the pattern. So you break the pattern through the message that you give, 
you break the pattern through techniques like this. You let discomfort kind of work because look what happens. As soon as they feel a little bit of discomfort, their amygdala is kicking in and they start snapping to attention. That's what you want. Now they're engaged. So it, it's that's what, that's what I mean by it's okay to let it go. I, I teach a lot in a lot of virtual classes, as, as you know, and in the virtual classes, I'll have on the screen, you know, maybe 20 students. And it's amazing. It's amazing. When you ask a question, take a sip of the water and you need to let, you let the question kind of settle in a little bit with the 20 people, virtually every single time somebody speaks up somebody talks. And the reason is because the discomfort snapped their attention back over. Now, here's the cool part about this. Even though that one person is talking, what, what's happened is every single other person has snapped to attention back into the meeting. The I silence like got there and they like, they all of a sudden look over like, what's going on here? Their attention is back in your meeting. Yeah, it so makes it them think, like, is he going to call on me next or is he waiting right. for me to answer? I'm in a room of 20 and it's like, actually, is he looking at me or is he looking at someone else? I love That's that. That's exactly right. It works. <laughs> and it's and it's OK. It's completely OK to do that. Now, you're not calling people out. You're not, you know, dragging them across the carpet. You're not doing anything like that. You're just letting the silence kind of work a little bit. You're letting this, the discomfort of the room work to your advantage a little bit. And And the best sales professionals out there. They know this. They know it's an art to get people to talk, right? They know it, it's this is part of that, com, you know, the art of the conversation, if you will. I really appreciate what you said a couple of minutes ago around, you know, when you're with your customer or your prospect, making them feel a little bit of discomfort is is resetting the cadence that everybody gets used to. That that, you know, salesperson is going to show up to a meeting, they're going to talk at me, they're going to pitch a product, they're going to ask me one question and then start maybe presenting too soon or rushing. So when we pause, when we take those drinks of water, when we ask a few more questions, when we ask them to expand on something, it is getting them more involved in a sales conversation than they probably typically are. So that's that positive piece of the disruption that our, our prospects and our customers might be experiencing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And, the, and these aren't, I mean, these, this is not like deep psychological th stuff here, right? I mean, I'm not a PhD in this stuff here, but it's just, it's, it's practical little tips to give you the edge that you need as, as a sales professional. I love this. This has been such a great conversation. And Keith, I'll tell you, you've inspired me to not just go out and fill up my water between every sales call, but get a little more comfortable with that silence and the discomfort on that, that next sales meeting or, or maybe, you know, whether it's virtual, face-to-face, -face, wherever it is. Um, one, one other question, actually, before we wrap up here is you've given some great strategies, especially for in-person or virtual, you know, they might see me drinking that that cup of water. They might see me with my notepad of, of um, questions. Is there a best practice or two for someone who's conducting a lot of their discovery meetings strictly over a traditional telephone that might help them with that silence where the person doesn't see me looking at the notes or grabbing the bottle of water? Yeah, well, you just you, sometimes you just have to be intentional about it. Sometimes I, what I'll do is I'll tell people, hey, I know we're on the phone here, but I have these questions written down here. And uh because you know, I'm going to listen to more of what you're saying. So I always preempt it that way. It, 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 it's amazing what you could do when you pre-frame a suggestion to somebody. It kind of it kind of sits in the back of their head, right? And all of a sudden, when that time comes around, it kind of bubbles back up. They don't even know it. It bubbles back up, and they're like, oh, I need to answer. And, and, that's, and their brain's telling them to do that, all because you set the stage early, 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 early with them. 
So I'm just intentional with it. I say, I have a pad of paper here. I have these questions written down. I'm going to listen to what you're saying to me. I don't want to think of the next, and I'll say it this way. I, I don't want to ask the next great question. In, you know, and I don't want to be worrying about that. They'll always chuckle, you know, at times and you kind of, you know, lower the bar just a little bit. And then, um, then I'll get silent, you know, when, when I ask the question, it still works over the phone. I mean, it's, they, they still pick it up. They don't see, they don't see me. In fact, it's actually a little bit easier because I'm not sitting there staring at the screen, you know, all quiet waiting for an answer or, um, or, or I'll even say, you know, I'll ask the question and they'll hear me like take a sip of water. They'll, they'll hear that or I'll, or I'll have the cup of coffee and I'll put it, I'll put the mug down. They'll hear that if you will. And they know that I just took a sip of, sip of water or, 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 or sip of the coffee. So you just, you're a little bit more intentional, but it's not so different when you really think about it. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't think it's that much different, but just being intentional, being prepared, being yeah. ready to embrace that discomfort. Keith, this, this has been a great conversation uh, with you here today. And for anyone listening who wants to learn a little bit more about Keith or maybe download the order article that he's referring to, you can, of course, grab that on Sales Gravy University um, and check out any of the other amazing classes that we're conducting around the, the corner over the next few weeks. Thank you so much for joining Keith and I today for this conversation. And we hope you have an amazing sales day ahead. 